Thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good morning. Good morning. Well, thank you. Um, it's awesome to be here, and it's so exciting to hear what what's going on in Cebu. And I just want to—I know we've said a lot already, but when Christina mentioned those forty-one, where's Christine? Forty-one children, I think. You guys are all a part of that. I just want you to know because Christina was here. She's us. So if you, when Kurt is saying, do the hard things, what's God asking you to do? What is it that God's put on your heart that you don't want to say yes to yet? What is that? That's part of us right there. So whatever that is, it's just exciting to go, wow, there's, there's people, there's children and families whose lives are changed because we, Lake Sam, are in the Philippines making a difference. So that's just super exciting. So good morning. So let me tell you, when, um, sometimes when you're preaching, you already have something that's just been, you know, you're kind of have some notes and you got the next message ready or you got something in your heart and you just know it's going to be a message at some point. And sometimes you have absolutely no idea. So I won't say who it was except for he gave me permission. Josh, <coughs> Josh Morris, sorry. Uh, is he back there? <laughs> Josh was scheduled to preach. It didn't work out for him to preach today. So I got tossed under the, I mean, <laughs> I was given <laughs> at staff meeting, not this week, but the week before, Kurt said, JJ, I, you know, I've been praying about it, and I think you're supposed to be the one to preach. And I'm like, absolutely not. There is no way. I have no time. I don't breathe. I don't have time. That's for real, right? I don't have time to breathe. I don't have time to think. There's no way I have time to get a message ready. I didn't have something already on my heart, specifically for adults. I preach for kids all the time, which is awesome. Love it. Amazing. Um, and I'm still figuring out what's coming this year for them. Okay? Where's Tamara? I get to work with our youth team, and Tamara and I were praying about some stuff, and we're both planners, and we usually have, you know, the six months planned out, and this year it's like, okay, God, what's happening? What's next? And Tamara prayed, well, God, it's just day by day, and I'm, I'm going, God, I'm about to punch Tamara, <laughs> because I don't really like day by day. <laughs> I like plans, and then we figure them out as we go, and so I'm in that place where this is what I feel like, okay? <laughs> now, my desk does not look like that. Thank you, Jesus, and it's, you know, we're not all about paper anymore, but I don't know how many of you guys are like me. If the list is too long and there's too much on your plate, I can't think. I can't breathe. I can't, it's just, I can't, my brain is fried. I can't, I've got to make some semblance of order before I can think. I've got to get my task list in order. And so when Kurt asked me last Tuesday to preach, I'm like, mm, no way. No way, there's just too much going on, and, and it's September, and that's a lot, it's a really busy time for a lot of the teams that I support, and there's a lot of transitions, and I'm just like, can't do it, and then God reminded me that the last time I preached, as Adam reminded us earlier today, the, the message God gave me was, what's your yes? I'm like, <laughs> can I lovingly and respectfully say, I mean, I don't know if this is okay, you guys might freak out, I would never say this to your children, but kind of, you suck, God, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, Thanks, God. I love you so much. You know my heart is for you. But, but really, that's not even funny. So Kurt asked me on a Tuesday, and on Thursday, I, I need to give him an answer. And I'm like, I have every reason in the world to say absolutely not, no way, no how. I can't. I don't even have time. Um, and it takes a while. It, it, we put a lot into the message of you preach to your kids. That takes hours, too. But preaching for adults takes longer. So I'm like, I just don't have that kind of time. And so I have to give him an answer on Thursday. And I've had no space to think. And I'm too distracted in the office to take time to actually really think. And it was nice and sunny out. And Kurt hears from God's on walk. So I am just go out and walk in our parking lot, right? It's sunny. And I'm like, at least I can be outside and walking and not distracted by everything in my office and people stopping by and all those things. So I'm just going for a walk. Well, I'm just confessing to you now that I'm a really type A, really task-oriented person, right? So as I'm walking, I, I made some notes. So here's what I'm thinking, right? I'm going for the walk through the church parking lot, 
And I'm trying to clear my head and get space to listen. And I'm walking and I'm going, maybe God's saying this, maybe God's saying that, maybe God, and every, you know, I'm just trying to grasp at straws, which is not really the way to actually land what God is talking about. And then I'm walking and I'm like, oh, somebody left garbage in our parking lot. I should pick that up. Well, no, if I pick it up, I'm going to have dirty hands and I'm going to be distracted by my dirty hands. So I can't do that. So then I'm walking and then there's something on the sign and this, whatever's on the sign, I don't remember what it said, but it was something from Kurt's message that, that Sunday, but I had just finished listening to Jeff and Michelle's message, so I, or Jeff and Melissa's message, so I hadn't start, heard Kurt's yet, so I'm looking at the sign going, huh, I wonder what that's about. And I'm walking through the parking lot and constantly distracted, and then I see Cleo and Emmanuel getting in the car, and I'm like, oh, Emmanuel's so cute, and I am not focused on anything. So other than, you know, just walking through, and I'm not ADHD, but, but I, need, I can really focus, but I need something to focus on, and my brain does not just shut off, all right? So I'm walking through the parking lot, and I'm like, okay, forget it. I need to turn on my playlist. Well, my playlist is something that this is where I was living this summer, and I'll tell you about it in a little bit. But I gave up on my playlist, or I gave up on silence and turned my playlist on, and I'm actually going to play this song for you because it really sets the tone for this message. So normally you don't play a three-minute music video, but I'm going to play a three-minute music video for you. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's not the official one. Um, I thought this one, even though I'll just tell you ahead of time, it's not the super best quality ever, but the graphics are a little more relatable than any of the others I could find. So I hope you enjoy it, and then we'll talk, okay? No? Oh, there we go.
So how many of you can relate to some or all of that, or more or worse? That song has been my jam this summer, but when it first starts at the beginning, I'm just like, I get so stressed out at the beginning, and then it gets to the chorus, and I'm like, okay, wait, I can do this. And then it's like, oh, but that, I, I especially relate to the guy who's holding his head in, you know, it's like, I can't handle it, my head's going to blow up. Now, I get that not everybody is super task-oriented, but we live in a really busy, crazy world, right? Very few of us are gonna go hiking in silence for days like Eric. I, that would be torture for me. <laughs> Just peel my skin off before I go hiking. For in, I like hiking, but not in silence, right? But we need to find those spaces where we can just breathe, and the question is how when the world's falling apart around us? what happened just this weekend, right, at Cascade Mall. It's a crazy world. So we're going to talk about that today and talk about how we can find that space to just breathe God in. Um, so that's our core message. But Jenny's going to pray before we um, go further. So somebody's bringing it. There you go. Thanks, Jenny. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to breathe on us. Yes, Lord. And breathe on JJ right now as she has the message of the hour. And Lord, I, personally, I was super excited to know she was going to preach today. Lord, I know you've put so much in her, but it's really not what's in her. It's what you have to bring through her. And so, Lord, we just ask for your anointing to fall and that we just breathe in your presence and, Lord, that you would touch each person. Help yes, us Lord. have hearts to receive today. Thank you, Father. And, Lord, that there would be just an app word that would just go deep in our hearts and help us to think about it all week. It would be something that we just meditate on even, Lord. And so I pray that you would just use her this, this hour for your glory. And we just thank you that... Um, the kids are letting, are sharing her with us, <laughs> and I just believe this is your, this is your, um, your will for Thank her you, to Lord. preach today. And Lord, um, I just want to lift up Kiliat Ha Carmel on Mount Carmel in Israel, and Lord, just pray. I just pray that you'd protect them, but that your presence would come, and Lord, that there would be many more salvations of both Arabs and Jews there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. Oh, I'm supposed to say, oh, Jenny's going to pray. That's so awesome. Jenny's amazing and wonderful, and it's all true. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Um, so back to my parking lot journey. So here's what I know. I already know I have to say yes, right, because I just preached. What's your yes? I can't say no, right? I need to say yes. And I'm like, okay, God, but I don't have a word. I don't know what the message is. What am I supposed to preach about? So when you don't have um, that specific thing, sometimes God says, well, what have I been telling you about? Because you preach from what's happening in your heart. It's not just a random message. It's what's happening in your life. So I started reflecting on that. And here's my summer playlist. This has been my, like, 
I just need this playlist to get through the summer. And can you see kind of a, <laughs> a thread? <laughs> it's all about breathing or running or I'm dying or, and I just need to trust you, God. <laughs> and part of what's happened uh, for me this summer, so as I said, best sermons come out of what God's doing in your life. So you're going to get to hear a bit of what God's been doing in me this summer. And part of what happened was I, I called this the summer of house guests, which was awesome. I had 10 different house guests. Um, in five different spurts. Um, so most of the summer there were house guests and actually two groups canceled. So there would have been even more. But it was really fun and really busy. And I love that. I love high energy, lots of things going on and all of that. I think that's great. In the midst of that, we were getting ready for summer camp. And if you're on staff or on one of my teams, you heard me talk about this a lot because I kept asking for prayer. Last year when we went to kids camp, as I was driving there, I just felt like God said, this year is going to be different. There's something different this year, or for next year. There's something different. You guys need to make a change. And we've been partnering with a church that I love. I actually helped the pastors plant that church 10 years ago. Love that church. They're great, amazing. We've partnered together in a lot of ways, and they're awesome. But I just felt like God was saying this year, some, for this year, it's supposed to be different. So I talked to them about it, and we had decided we were doing something different. And actually, like Sam was going to go to a different camp, which meant... I didn't have a lot of work to do to prep for that camp, which is great. <laughs> I didn't have to do the messages, or I usually do the theme and the messages and a lot of that kind of stuff. So I um, love doing that, but I just felt like God was saying that's not for this year. And as the year progressed and we started making those arrangements, we realized that was not what God was saying. That wasn't where we were supposed to go this year. So then we were, as a team, our camp team was, you know, praying and seeking God, and we were invited to a few different camps. Um, and then hear back from this church that we've partnered with for many years. We love partnering with them. Um, there's usually a team of five people who lead camp. Three of us speak, and there's two people who help with a lot of the admin. And of that team of five, guess how many of them were available this year? One. <laughs> they weren't going to be able to have camp. And so I went to our team, and we prayed about it, and I said, you know, if we team with them, it's a lot different this year because we're leading the whole thing, and is that something we want? And our team was like, absolutely, we're going to step up. We're going to do more. We need to do it. That's great. So the team of five is now me with a new team, which is great. I love team building. That's my, one of my number one jobs. But the team kept changing, not from Lake Sam. Just you need to know Lake Sam rocks. Lake Sam Kids Camp team rocks. But from the other churches, stuff was happening. And people are on staff, out of staff, on staff, out of staff, on staff, out of staff. So here's what's involved with camp about a zillion details. And I can do details, like planning, details, admin. I can do all that stuff. And then six messages. And this year, because of the way things are going, I'm the only speaker, right? So that's fine, too, and I love doing the messages. But I'm not good at details and then messages and then details. It's, I, I need to get the details out of the way so that I can breathe to think and prepare. So I have to prepare six messages, and I have no time because I have constantly house guests, and there's a lot going on here at Lake Sam because... Our kids' ministries doesn't slow down in the summer. It, kids are free, so it builds up in the summer, which is great and exciting. But there's just no time and no space. So this is my, like, God, I just need you. I don't know how I'm ever going to make the time and space. And we're all wired very differently, right? For me, in order to really focus on just clearing the decks and just hearing from God, I need to get that list under control. If anybody else is kind of like me and you're sort of task-centered, tasks scream at you right? Anybody else? It's like, I can't think. <laughs> I can't think until I get some of this stuff out of the way. Now, obviously, I can think. I like being busy. I like tasks. But I can't stop and just have that, just breathe, I can hear from you, Jesus, with all that stuff in the way. And the best way for me to hear from God is not going for a walk in the parking lot, as I already told you, right? But it's on my face in front of my fireplace with a notebook and a pen there so I can write down everything that is distracting me and some worship music on and just peace. 
Well, I had no space for that this summer because my house was full and I live alone, but not this summer, right? So it was just this craziness of how am I going to find God in all of that? And here's the deal. If you're like me, you're task, I'm task-centered, I'm type A, and my number one strength in strength finders is responsibility. So you add those three things together and you know what it creates? A crazed workaholic. <laughs> That's what it creates. <laughs> and I've been trying to be more balanced in life. And this summer, I'm like, God, I'm going to stay balanced and I'm not going to. And it's just this tug of war. Does anybody else face that tug of war? Where you're like, I know I need to stop. I know I need to hear from God. I know I need my Devo time. We should. Kurt said when I was telling him, when I was doing my preach call, and I said, you know, I don't hear from God on my walks. And Kurt said, well, don't say that because people will think you don't need to have Devos. And I'm like, Kurt, you can have devos without being on a walk, right? <laughs> Kurt's way of, so when you go to our church and you hear Kurt talk about devos all the time, in his mind, walks and devos are synonymous because that's how God works for him. Awesome. That's amazing. But I want to give us freedom today to go, that's not how God works for all of us, right? So I've never done the, a discussion with adults before. I'm out on a limb. Will you guys help me out? You promise. Okay. So here's what I want us to take a minute to do. Talk about how do you hear from God when those tasks are screaming at you. How, because we all hear from God differently, right? And devos are so important. But there are times you need more than the, just the devo time, right? Devos are awesome. That's every day. You can't live without it. I hear from God when I'm crazy busy too, driving all the time. I spend a lot of time on 405. Driving, I hear from God in the shower. When you're brushing your teeth, you hear from God all the time. But when you just need that moment to go, a different version of the Selah sermon that Kurt preached a couple weeks ago, you just need that moment. How do you clear the decks? How do you clear the space? How do you get your brain to focus? I'll tell you just one more. I'm just confessing my craziness for you, before you today. When I get a massage, it's so hard to just turn my brain off even in the massage, right? Right, Hannah? <laughs> it's going, I'm like, are they going to do this next? Are they going to do that, that shoulder? Are they going to do, what if they forgot this? What if, oh, they forgot to do my fingers on that hand. Oh, what about this? Oh, I wonder what's next. Oh, and I don't like talking to them because I want to just relax. But my brain does not just shut off. Anybody else whose brain does not just, thank you. So today, those people whose brains just don't shut off, and those of you who are awesome and wonderful and so godly like Kurt, you can go on a walk and Jesus just downloads the scripture into your heart, help each other. So could we take a minute to talk about how do you hear from God in the craziness? All right? How do you hear from God in the craziness? Yeah, we're going to dig, dig deeper. We're going to open scripture. We're going to do all of that. But I just want you guys to tell us what works for you so that you can hear God. We know for Kurt, it's a walk. For me, it's on my face in front of the fireplace. What is it that works for you? And um, when Kurt does discussions, he always wants to encourage you. If you're an introvert, it's okay. If you have something to share, don't be afraid to share it, but no pressure. Um, if you're an extrovert, great. Make sure we let other people have turns too. But we just want to hear, how do you hear from God in the madness? So help me out. Who wants to start? Jenny. I can't see it very much, so if we could turn the lights down a little bit, that would be awesome. Thank you. I've gotten in the habit lately of, um, in my quiet time, journaling, and I ask the Lord questions. And first question I do is for him to take me to a safe, restful place where I can be with him. And he always gives me a picture and asks where he is, and where the Holy Spirit is, and where Father God is, and then I ask them what they have to say to me, and it's quite amazing, the downloads I've been getting. That's awesome. Just, it's been very exciting, and it's totally changed my quiet time, and it gives me cool. peace in the midst of the chaos. Awesome. Thank you. Somebody else? 
especially if you're crazy task-oriented people like me. Some of you were confessing earlier. I saw your hands. <laughs> All right, my name is Courtney, and I really, really like to garden. And unlike most people, I really like to weed. And unfortunately, <laughs> I have buttercups that have taken over my garden, so I have lots of weeding to do. But um, this is when I have my best time with God. He brings so many people to mind, and I pray for them, and I just have a conversation with God when I'm weeding. The, the weeding is kind of like a catharsis, too, I guess. Um, so I have to find a better communication with God from uh, November, January, <laughs> December. <laughs> I don't do much gardening then, but the other months I really do, so um, that's, that's when I have my best time with God. Cool. Somebody, oh, Justine. I was going to say, I need a mom with kids who's going crazy because there's no space, right? You can't even lock them out of the bathroom sometimes. So it's, it's I'm Faye, uh, Faye Coffin, and I go to school in the morning. And Hi. I have to travel downtown. I live in Bothell, so it's about an hour-long bus ride. And during all the traffic in the morning, I'm on the bus. People are coming on. They're coming off. I just plug in my headphones. I put my playlist on, and that's how I have... That's how I talk to God, and it's just a song will stick out, and I'll be like, okay, what is God trying to tell me? What's going on? What What is going on? And there'll be times I'll be sitting there crying on the bus, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be getting really strange looks, but it's okay because I'm having that time with God, so, yeah. That's awesome, and I know lots of people, I hear from God through the Word, too, so I don't want you to think that I don't, and I'm going to show you some of the Word um, in a moment, but songs for me too. Did you say your name is Faith? Faith? Faith. Faith. Songs all the time. In staff, we'll take time to just pray and hear from God and everybody's, you know, people are seeing pictures or whatever, uh, a scripture or whatever. For me, I'm like, I can't get this song out of my head. I can't, and, it, and for this sermon in particular, I can't get the, just breathe out of my head, right? And sometimes that song will stick with you and you go, God, what are you saying, right? So that's really cool. Uh, is it Justina? I can't see. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Justine. I have three little kids, and um, we homeschool, so I'm never without them, ever, <laughs> except <laughs> now on the Sunday, which is nice. Um, for me, the Word of God is what helps me hear Him, and so I carry my little pocket Bible everywhere with me because you don't know when you'll have a spare minute, yeah. and so I've kind of told myself, when I have a spare minute, it's not a Facebook minute, it's a Bible minute. And so ah, I try and really dive into the Psalms and get my heart in that place to hear his voice. And the other thing I do is I podcast every good Bible teacher I can. And so when I'm doing the dishes and stuff like that, and I'm just constantly pausing it to talk to God about those things. So for me, it's the word that is the springboard for time with him. And I have to shove it everywhere I can. So literally, yeah. Yeah. There's no extra time. Finding those moments. I'm not right? getting up earlier <laughs> than my children. I'm not. So. Yeah, I'm totally a night person, so sometimes it's 2 in the morning. I was literally on, uh, Kurt had wanted to do a preach call on Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. I was like, I love you so much, Kurt, but I don't know what you thought was on my plate already this week, but it's still full. I was finishing the sermon at 4 o'clock Friday night, Saturday morning, right? So I'm like, there's no way. 2 o'clock Thursday, there's, no, there's been no space yet. You have to find spaces, right? And they could be 
four in the morning or in the drive through at the uh, car wash or something, but it's finding those spaces. Hannah. Good morning. Um, so I work full time and I have an eight year old and um, I'm married and I like to overfill my schedule. I'm a lot like JJ. Um, and so one thing I've realized is that anytime I'm going to be at a meeting at work or a one-on-one -on -one at work or something with friends, the first thing I've started to do is to pray for God to be with me and to guide me in whatever interaction that I'm having. And for me, that creates and kind of forces that space throughout the day. And then I've been just amazed at the immediate application of that in those interactions with people. They're interactions that I could have never concocted by myself where it's obvious that it was totally God and it's really amazing. So I just kind of like embed it in what I'm doing every day because right now that's kind of you yeah. know the, the best that I can do with the moments that I have. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. How about somebody on this side and then we're going to move on. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, we got to let Andrew earn his, his steps today. Come on, Andrew, get to work. You got twins to chase soon. You need that. Build up your stamina. <laughs> Hi. Um, What's I, your name, Christine? Christine. <laughs> uh, you've heard a lot from me today. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's, the, it's two things, worship and the water. And we just live in a wonderful area to be able to mm -hmm. go see water wherever we want. And... Um, you will find me in various places in various uh, parking lots where I can see water. And it, um, I can be stressed, I can be upset, I can be um, crazy, and I just see the water and it's like, yeah. you know, I just, yeah. it calms me. And it, it brings me to a place where I can actually listen to God. And um, yeah. Thank you. I've, I've actually been, I'm a night person too, and I've been there very, very late, and I've had police officers come and say, are you okay? Do you have a home? <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, so one more. Oh, all right, two more. Bruce is dying back there. So Zach and then Bruce. So um, my household is really busy, and so the mornings are usually the most hectic because there's kids that need to go to bus stops, and to different schools and then there's cooking and there's lots of stuff and so um, I really like to open the word and see what God has to say but there are a lot of competing voices you know throughout um, you know throughout that time and then you know work starts and so then there's a lot of other things that are competing for my attention and you know like Justine said too and then there's Facebook and there's other <coughs> things that are competing and so one of the things that I um, have learned to do is, um, so I, I try to exercise every day. And one of the things I'll do um, at the, the um, place that I exercise is they have uh, a sauna. And my phone will overheat in the sauna, so I won't go in there or, and touch it. You know? <laughs> like, so I use that time to, um, you know, I put on headphones. They don't overheat. <laughs> and I listen to worship music. And um, when I'm listening to worship, for me, it allows me to focus more on the words of yeah. what I'm listening to. And uh, some people have the ability to sit in quiet and just be 
and I am task oriented and my head's always, you know, filled with stuff. And so when I have my quiet alone time, it's not necessarily quiet. I, I tend to have, you know, worship music, uh, you know, playing. And then that's a time where I have that reflectiveness. And so I have to be intentional yeah. for me about taking the time and I have to um, use the time that I know um, isn't going to be competing with anything else for me to, to get grounded into my own, you know, um, self and, and, and reflect on what the word yeah. has to say. So. Thank you. All right, Bruce, one, last one, and then we have to move on, or, or I'll be later than Kurt, and the kids team will kill me for I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm relaying a message from Kristen, my wife, back in Buffalo. So everybody turn to the camera and wave. Say hello to Kristen. Hello, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. Uh, we've been texting since uh, church started, and um, I sent her a text message, and I said, do you want to give JJ an answer to her question? So here's what she said. This is her text message. Getting up early enough to include quiet time in my morning routine. Soap has helped a lot. Scripture and soap often directly applied to my concerns. Amen. So that's Kristen Amen. from Boston. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kristen. Love you. So here's what I want to give us permission to do today. First off, just breathe, right? <laughs> and also to find the ways that work for who you are. And that doesn't mean that you're not making it happen. It doesn't mean, hey, good morning, God. It's important. It's essential. It's the rock we live, build our lives on. It's important that we find those times to be with God. And it's, yes, it's his word. It's also worship. Those are so important for me. Often there's a song I can't get out of my head or a story I can't get out of my head. And after I just can't get out of my head, I finally go, oh, wait, I got to ask God, why can't I get that out of my head? So I ask him, what's this about? Why is that still in my head? And then he'll show me something. And I'll find something that he's telling me in the word or I'll, he'll show me something in my life. But it's finding those moments. And the, the thing that I wanted us to do today is go, we don't all do it the same way. That's okay right? And when life is crazy and you can't just breathe and you don't have time, the question for me that keeps coming back is, how can I be Mary in a Martha world? The world is surrounded by Martha stuff. Now, we'll look at the story quickly, but just the background, Mary and Martha are sisters. And Martha is the go in the kitchen and get stuff done. And Mary sits at Jesus' feet because she's so godly, right? So let's look at this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do work by myself? Tell her to help me. Anybody else have siblings? <laughs> all right. So what's interesting to me is that Martha's the one who invited Jesus over. Okay? Martha invited him over. And in that culture, inviting someone to your home meant... Fatted calf, you, you put on the spread. It's bigger than Thanksgiving. You don't invite someone over and just, you know, put on macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. It's, like, amazing. So she took that responsibility seriously. I'm thinking Martha's like me, task-oriented, responsible. She invited Jesus over. So she invited Jesus over, and Mary just sits at Jesus' feet, which is awesome and wonderful. And this is what I think Martha was thinking. I want to sit at Jesus' feet, too, but I can't because I have to get this done first, Right? So I love you so much, Kurt. You're probably listening. When Kurt's going, hey, what's your message on Thursday? I'm like, I want to sit down and write a message, Kurt, but I got this and this and this I got to do first, right? So it's how do you juggle those things? How do you balance those things? How can we be merry in a Martha world? When everything's screaming at us, there's so much going on. We don't know how to do it. Here's what Jesus' response was to Martha. But the Lord said to her, 
My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, but there's only one thing being worth concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. Now, again, task center person reading that, I'm going, well, that's awesome, and that's wonderful. And if you don't know me, I'm a worshiper. I love to just, just be at Jesus' feet, just worship, just uh, I love soaking services. I don't know if you've ever been to a soaking service where it's just, you basically just like, oh, just letting Jesus wash over you. But when I'm in those places, if I don't have paper and pen or if I don't have my phone so I can send myself emails and task lists, it's, I'm constantly distracted by the thoughts bombarding me and I have to find ways to shut those off so that I can get lost in him. And until those things get shut off, it's hard for me to do that. Well, what's interesting about what he said to Martha was Mary found the most important thing, just sitting at my feet, just talking to me, just soaking me in. But he didn't say, stop making dinner, Martha, we'll order a pizza. He didn't say, I don't want dinner. He didn't say the task isn't important and doesn't still need to be done because she invited him over for dinner, and I assume he's going to get hungry at some point, and he still wants to eat, and he never said, don't make dinner. So here's my encouragement for us today. How do we find Jesus while we're making dinner? He never said he can't talk to us when we're doing other things. How do we find Jesus in the moments, right? How do we keep our focus on that in the moments? How do we go, okay, God, I get it, but I'm also going to stop to hear from you. So backing up a bit, told you I'm a planner, and I like all the details and plans and all of those kinds of things put together. And this season has been challenging, right, Tamara? It's just been a little bit challenging. And right, Adam, there's been a lot of stuff going on. And I keep seeing this picture as I'm praying, and God says, it's like there's a puzzle, and he's got all the pieces in the, the box and the lid, and he's shaking them. And I'm trying to put the pieces together to make the picture, but he's, not, he's changing the picture. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not fair, God. I just want to know what the picture is, and I'll do it your way. It's up to you. I'm already, you know, what's my yes? Yes, God, okay, I'll do it. But what's the picture supposed to be? And he's going, yeah, I'm still figuring I'm not. He's not still figuring it out. I'm still shaking it. And it's going to be a really good picture. It's going to be really good. But you have to just trust me. And the pieces are still shaking, and I'm trying to lock them in because that's my job. That's what I do, right? And, and I can't do it because he's still shaking it. And he's saying to me, will you find rest and trust me while I'm still shaking it? So that's been on my heart for, I don't know what, Adam, three or four weeks. And then in staff meeting the, a couple weeks ago, while we're having a moment to hear from God, Adam, and I have his permission to, to tell you the story, Adam sees an Etch-a-Sketch. You guys know what an Etch-a-Sketch is, right? And so Adam sees an Etch-a-Sketch, and he's making a picture on the Etch-a-Sketch. And God takes the Etch-a-Sketch and shakes it. Now, I love you, Jesus, but when you, when you told me to make a picture, I'm making the picture, don't shake the Etch-a-Sketch. I'm trying to do what you told me to do, right? So God takes it and shakes it and gives it back to Adam. And I, if I've, tell me if I got this right. Adam puts his hands back on the knobs, but then God puts his hands on top of Adam's to make the picture. His word picture means the same thing as mine, but it's kind of cooler right? So, but God puts his hands on top of them. And so I just feel like not just because of tasks, because I'm going to switch to that, to the climate that we live in right now, the box is shaking, okay? We live in a difficult climate. As I was praying about what to tell you, um, the story of something that my mom did, um, I, it just keeps coming back to mind. So it sounds a little crazy. It's also a little funny, but it's a little crazy, okay? So I just have to tell you, you may have met my mom. She's been out to visit. She loves Jesus with her whole heart. She's wonderful. Um, praise God, she got saved on my fourth birthday, so that's how I got to be raised knowing Jesus my whole life, which is awesome. Um, but she's had some strokes, and life has changed a lot, right? Um, and she's in her 80s now, and she called me the other night, and it was 
11.30 her time when she called me, so I answered the phone. I'm like, Mom, what are you doing still up? Is everything okay? And she said, yeah, I'm just calling to see. Um, I just want to know, you and your sister are, are you know, getting toward elderly, right? And you're, kinda, you're in your 60s, so when I die, you guys are going to die soon. And I'm like, what are you saying, Mom? And she said, well, I, you know, I, she, part, of, part of the challenge with her strokes is it affected some of her ability to keep track of chronology. So... She's like, yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, I, you guys are like in your 60s now, and so, and I don't think I'm going to be around that much longer, and I'm just calling to see if you and your sister are, you know, getting up there in years so that I know you're going to die soon. And I'm like, Mom, you, are you saying you want us to die? And I'm like, what, what is this about, Mom? And she said, well, you know, I'm reading the newspaper. I keep telling her to stop reading the newspaper. It's not a good thing for her right now. I'm reading the newspaper, and I think no matter who wins, it's our nation is in a bad place. And I just don't want you guys to have to live through that. So I'm like, so you want us to die? I'm like, okay, well, first off, Mom, no, we're not in our 60s, thank you very much. And, and what about my brothers? And she, oh, they're your age too. I'm like, well, actually, they're like 10 years younger, so they're not. What about your granddaughter? But She's like, okay, basically the world's falling apart. Let's just die. So because I'm a little crazy, it was too late to, to talk to my siblings at that hour. So I emailed them and said, hey, when we're all together at Christmas, if mom offers you any Kool-Aid, <laughs> don't drink it. <laughs> don't drink it. But okay, so we're looking at Mary. We're looking at Martha. Martha gets distracted by the crazy busyness of her life, which I can so relate to. My life is busy. I actually like it that way. If my plate isn't full, I find things to put on my plate. I like it busy, but this summer was beyond busy. It was a little crazy. To wrap up my little camp piece, camp turned out amazing. It was super stressful. The staff kept changing and changing and changing at the last minute. Some people weren't following through on things. It was really stressful. And because I'm a detailed person and I have these massive, literally, pages of task lists of the things that have to be done for camp, trying to delegate them to a team that isn't necessarily locking in, so then the tasks are staying on my plate, and God finally said, you know what? If the t-shirts don't get done, no t-shirts. And they did. Some of the kids have them on today. They're cute. But stop stressing about the t-shirts. You have to give away the tasks because you have to stop walking in your Martha skills, and that's my gift mix, right? Stop walking in your Martha skills and be walking your Mary anointing to prep what you need to prep. Because I could have written the messages from camp without anointing. I've done enough of them. I've written thousands of messages for kids over the years. But without God's anointing, what's the point? So he said, you know what? You have to give it away. Let happen what happens. Camp turned out great. It was awesome. God, we're still hearing amazing things of what God did. But I had to go. I'm going to intentionally take off my Mary hat or my Martha hat and putting on my Martha one and getting at Jesus' feet or camp isn't going to be what it's supposed to be. And that playlist that I showed you, that was my, I've got to stop stressing and prep for, and hear from Jesus and just breathe and say, God, what are you doing, right? So that was my little side note. But this Martha stuff, it's real. And it's not just about you have to make dinner and you have to change the kids' diapers, although those are really important too. <laughs> you guys are going to be changing a lot of diapers. Andrew and Michelle are about to have twins any day now. We're so excited. <laughs> but it's not just about that. This world is in a crazy place. I don't recommend my mom's path. <laughs> you can drink your communion safely today, I promise. I did not do anything to it. <laughs> but things are crazy in our world right now. And when my mom said that, I'm like, Mom, you're freaking out because of America. There's people that Jesus loves in Syria that have it way worse than we do. Do you want them to all die? What do you think about what you're saying? And 
you know, she's a mom, she loves us, she doesn't want us to suffer, so she just wants us to go be with Jesus. Pretty sure that's not God's plan at this moment. He wants us to trust him in the midst of it, right? He wants us to trust him when Martha and life is falling apart and things are tumbling and you're freaking out and you don't know what's happening with your job and your kids and your finances and your work and this country and this election and all of those things. It's a crazy world that we live in. I'm going to show you another video, and then we're going to switch to a different scripture study that I want to dig into for a second. But this video is interesting. I was looking for a video of the song Breathe for today, and I had no idea. I just found this video yesterday. The guy who wrote Breathe, this is his writing process, so just check this out. I remember getting into this writing appointment with a couple other guys, and uh, as I walked into the door, my first thought was, I don't even have time to write a song right now. I'm just busy. We, we had a new baby at home and so many things changing in our lives. And when I walked in, the guy said, okay, well, what are you going through? What, what's something God's teaching you? And at that moment, I just realized, I just need to breathe. Breathe, just breathe. I just need to, to remember that it, it's not about just serving God. It's, it's more about knowing God. Um, I tend to kind of be a, a Martha, constantly doing things, trying to serve God. And, Every now and then I just need to be a Mary and just sit at God's feet. Knowing God needs to be at the pinnacle, the most important thing. He's not part of my life. He is my life, and he encompasses all things, so I can rest in him and know that he's got it all under control. Amen. I love that he wrote the song about Mary and Martha, and I didn't even know that, and I'm writing a sermon about Mary and Martha with that song, and I went, oh, okay, God, that's how you are, right? Uh, a couple things that God had been, just little things that God had been sharing with me, Different people who prayed for me had the same word. That's just how the Holy Spirit works. Even worship today was like, okay, he's really all we need. And I know I was being fun and silly with all this stuff about camp because in the light of eternity, that's all those projects and the t-shirts aren't really what matters. But our world isn't a fun and silly place right now. And if you watch the news, obviously we know what happened at Cascade Mall this weekend right in our backyard, right? It's a scary place to live in. One of the signs to me that it's getting scarier is that when the shootings happened in New York or the bombs went off in New York, was that last weekend? I just, I heard something about it and I was rushing, shockingly rushing out the door. So I'm trying to find a news broadcast. And I have news stations on my radio. I have Sirius, so I have news stations programmed. They're not even talking about it. It's become so, it used to be when something like that happened, that's all that was on the news 24-7. And in the news broadcast, it was just in the headlines. And I went, whoa, this is, it's, a, it's a scary world that we live in right now. So how do we just breathe, not just because we have to get the dishes done and the car washed and the kids off to school, but how do we find God in a world that's going crazy? When my mom wants us to just die and go be with Jesus, how do we find God? And as I was praying for you, this scripture came to mind. If you know me at all, you probably heard me quote it before because I love it. Kurt loves it. This is in the Message Bible. Kurt preaches on, has preached on this many times. Are you tired, worn out, burned out in religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. This is the best part. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that unforced rhythms of grace, that expression makes me just go, in the midst of the craziness, we need, we need those songs on our playlist. We need those scriptures highlighted in our Bible apps so that we go, okay, wait a second, I have to remind myself because sometimes I can't go for the hour-long walk and I can't, you know, lock myself in the sauna at the workout place, even though that's awesome. Sometimes I can't do that right now, but I still can focus and go, just breathe. Unforced rhythms of grace, God. 
But the part that I felt like as I was preparing and praying for you guys today that God told me to highlight was this part in this scripture, it says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In the other versions that might be more familiar to you because they're older than the Message Bible, it's my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And here's the truth. It doesn't feel true right now. There's a lot of people in our nation who are scared about the election. One way or the other, there's a lot of people who are scared. There's a lot of people who are scared about the, the racial challenges that are going on all over everywhere. There's a lot of people who are scared because of the economic challenges. There are a lot of people who are in this place of, God, how are we going to get through this? Is America still going to be America? And here's what I feel like God wants us to know about my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he's talking about that, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Walk with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. In the ox, I'm not calling you ox today, by the way, but that's the illustration. That's what he was talking about. And he was talking to a group of people who understood what the life is like with oxen. We don't live by them, right? But when they're training a young ox, they don't put two young ox together in the yoke. They also don't put two old oxen together in the yoke that haven't worked together before because they'll pull again at opposite directions. When they're training a young ox, they put them in the yoke with an older ox. And so when you're in the yoke with an older ox, you know where the weight is? On the older one's shoulders. It doesn't change the weight of the load that you're pulling because to say, oh, it's all easy, just trust in Jesus. True, but it's missing something there, right? We were in the churches in Skagit County today. It's hard for them to go, just trust in Jesus. It's true, but we've got to get deeper than that. Uh, the youth pastor and worship leader and their son who were killed in Bonnie Lake when the, when the uh, overpass collapsed, they're friends of mine. They were. They're in heaven now, so um, they're friends of mine. They actually did a camp with us years ago. They go to the church that we do camps with every year, and I was at all the services when Josh and Vanessa and Hudson went to be with Jesus. And they said, in the ways that cost you deeply, I don't understand, but I trust you, God, because the weight isn't on our shoulders. The weight's on his. And when he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, he doesn't mean the world's a happy, hunky-dory place. As Americans, we've come to expect that that's what Christianity is like, but go to other countries, it's not that way, right? When you go on some mission trips, that's not what it is like. And it's not supposed to be this easy, let's skip kind of a walk with God, but it is a walk with God where the weight isn't on you. If you get in his yoke, if you say yes to whatever that is that God laid on your heart when Kurt was preaching last week, and it's the hard thing that God's putting before you, as you say yes to that, God says the weight doesn't have to be on your shoulders. That's the just breathe. That's the learn to live freely and lightly. That's the unforced rhythms of grace. Because the weight isn't on you, and it was never supposed to be on you. Yes, he gave you gifts, and yes, he gave you abilities, and yes, he wants to use those. But a lot of times, I know for me right now, it's way outside my gifts because he's going, stop worrying about the planning. Just trust me. Let the weight be on my shoulder. Don't remind me of that in our next meeting, Tamara, because, you know, <laughs> But let the weight be on my shoulders. Actually, when we were having coffee this week and Tamara said something about an adventure, God reminded me of a message that he gave me. I was leaving a church in Denver, and it was an unexpected thing. We brought in a new pastor, and he fired the whole staff, which was wonderful. Not. Um, and it was at, at the season when you couldn't sell your house, and the economy was at its worst. Everything was in bad shape. And so I'm going, okay, I've never had to look for a ministry job, and now I can't find a job for anything because the economy was at its worst at that time. And as I was getting ready to leave, and I was sharing with the congregation before I left, 
Um, God reminded me of, I've, I'm an adrenaline junkie, and so I've gone skydiving just twice, but I'm sure I'll do it again someday. But the second time I was skydiving, the way we got out of the plane is we're standing in the door. The door's open, standing in the door. And the jump master is attached, it's tandem, right? So the jump master is attached to my back. The parachute's on his back. I have the ripcord. And we're connected. And he's not letting me touch anything. I can't, you're, like standing in the door of a moving plane, you, I think it's super exciting. I love it. But I do want to hold on. <laughs> and he's like, no, you can't hold on to anything. Don't touch anything. And I'm like, that is, for me, the most scary but the most awesome moment. I tell kids there's good scary and bad scary. That's good scary. <laughs> That's like, Yeah. And it's that adventure moment of God, we're jumping out of this plane together and God's got my back. As I'm leaving this church in Denver going, I have no idea, God, what you have next. I'm kind of terrified at this point. I don't know what's next in this journey because I can't sell my house. The economy's a mess and I'm applying for jobs and nobody's getting back to me. And I'm a teacher as well. I couldn't find a teaching job. It was a scary season. And God's going, we're getting out of the plane together and it's an adventure. It's the scariest moment, but the most exciting moment. And... I've got your back, which somebody was praying for me this morning and was saying, oh, we've got your back. And I was like, yeah, I've got your back. So as we face this world that's crazy, remember, God's got our back. It doesn't mean, it, now, I don't know if some of you guys skydiving would be terrifying. Some of you guys are like, yeah, right? It's terrifying, but good. Either way, whatever you're facing in life right now, if it's an adventure, but you're a little scared, but excited, or if it's terrifying, God wants you to know he's got his, our backs. The weight's on him, not on us. One last scripture, and then we're going to get ready to close. But this scripture, Psalm 73, is one of my favorites. I could preach on it for an hour. I promise you I won't because, you know, the kids' team would kill me. But in the middle of Psalm 73, Asaph wrote this one, not David. But the beginning, the first uh, 16 verses, are Asaph, who's a worship leader, complaining about everything that's wrong. It's horrible. Everything stinks. It sucks. It's awful. I tried to obey you, God. Nothing worked. My life is falling apart. I'm just going to quit. And then there's this little verse in the middle, and then everything changes. And he says, and you may have heard it. It's in songs. Who am I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire beside you. My heart and my flesh may fail, but you are my strength and my portion forever. So he's like bipolar, right? <laughs> totally switches. But this is the secret, and this is to me, I think, because I want to get serious about life right now, because life is serious in our world right now. This is the difference. How do I stop being Martha and start being Mary? I have to enter the sanctuary of God and let him show me the whole picture. Until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood. Then God showed me the picture. The puzzle box might still be shaking, but God's starting to show me that he has a plan. The etch-a-sketch, I'm going, okay, God, I'm going to stop fighting when you put your hands on mine to shape the picture, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to enter the sanctuary of God and understand that you have a plan, and it's good. You have a plan, and it's awesome. Pam and the worship team, could you guys come up? You have a plan for me, and it's amazing. And there are, how many of you guys can think of things in your life that are just scary right now? Right? And if it's not anything else, it's who knows where the next terrorist craziness is going to happen, right? Did you guys get calls from people who know you who live outside the Seattle area going, are you alive, right? Um, it's a scary world. But it's not a scary world if the yoke isn't, let me go back, if the weight isn't on your back. So what I'm going to ask us to do is just take a moment before communion. We're going to have communion in just a second. But before communion, could we take a moment, just listen to God and say, God, what is it that I'm carrying on my back and it's supposed to be on yours. 
When I'm skydiving, the parachute isn't on my back, it's on the jump master's back, because I don't know what I'm doing, and I would die. <laughs> so the parachute isn't on my back, that's why God said he's got my back. When you're in the, when you're the training, the young ox, Jesus is the one carrying the weight. The weight's on his shoulders, not yours. So could you just take a moment, they're just going to play quietly, could you take a moment and ask God to show you what is that weight that you're carrying that you're supposed to give him? What is that thing, that task, that fear, that struggle, that problem that's distracting you so you're not able to go in the sanctuary of God and stop and just breathe? What is that thing God is saying, would you please just trust me with this? Would you let me put my hands on top of yours and lead you? So let's, I'll be quiet. Take a few minutes. Just ask God to show you what that is. And if you need to write it down, write it down. up your communion cups. They're on the, under the chair in front of you. The bottom cup has the bread in it. And as you take that bread, Kurt always has us break the bread and think of Jesus' broken body. But I also today want you to think of the broken mess that you've got dealing, you're dealing with in your life. Some things by your choice, some things because of life that's happened to you, but li our lives are broken. We live in a broken world. And Lord, as you break that, think about how he took that weight. The weight of the broken world, the whole purpose of communion is to be in the yoke with him. He took on the weight of the mess that we can't clean up. So as you break that, just think of that. And Jesus, we thank you that, Lord, the yoke is easy and the burden is light, not because the world is a great, easy, happy, hunky-dory place right now, but because we trust you, because your hands are on top of ours on the etch sketch because the yoke, the weight of the yoke is on your shoulders, not ours. And Lord, as we get in that yoke with you, you lead. And all we need to do is follow your gentle prodding. So Lord, I pray that even as we take communion today, you would remind us of the way you took on the weight of our sin, the weight of the mess of this world. And the reason we can just breathe is because you've got it. Amen. And Lord, as we take this blood, we thank you we drink this juice, not blood, but as we drink this juice that represents the blood, we thank you, Lord, that you paid the price for our mess. 
You took on the weight, not just of what the world is, the mess the world is in because of other people's choices, but you took on the weight of the mess that's because of our choices. And Lord, even in that, as we get in the yoke with you, you'll lead us to help clean it up. You'll lead us to the right decisions. You'll lead us on the path that leads the right way, and you'll carry the weight for us. Amen.